0: Oh, Recorded live. I do what I do Thank Morning stars, savior, on, just put out the आ And the ha ha Yet knowable Indefinable Yet approachable Good evening, good evening, good evening. I wanna welcome each of
1: you to E three Ministries Real Talk where we come together every Sunday evening at seven PM Eastern Standard Time. And I am so glad to be back with you another Sunday evening as we continue our discussion on the spiritual disciplines of a Christian life. The spiritual disciplines of a Christian. Life. My name is Reverend Tamika Brown and I'm and I just thank you for joining E Three Ministries where we meet every Sunday at seven PM. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for this blessed time. We thank you, Lord God, for who you are, Lord God. And we just come asking you, Lord God, to fill the hearts and the minds of every person who is on this call and those who will listen to this call in the future. We thank you and we praise you, Heavenly Father, that you're opening our eyes and opening our ears, God, to receive what you desire to speak to us, Heavenly Father. Now we ask you to have your way, Holy Spirit. Spirit, speak to us about what it means to live out the spiritual disciplines of a Christian life. We thank you and we praise you, Heavenly Father, that you're teaching us and revealing to us about prayer and how to apply the spiritual discipline of prayer to our life. We thank you, Lord God, that prayer is so important, prayer is so, and prayer changes all things. Now, God, we ask that you would just move upon this line, touch your people, open our hearts to receive the word that you desire to release to each one of us. Speak to us individually, Lord, that we'll take this word and apply it, Lord God, that will fall on fertile ground and produce a harvest in the lives of your people. We bless you, we praise you, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen men. To God be the glory, the honor, and all of the praise goes to our God. I'm going to begin by reading our scriptures for this series. The first one comes from 1st Timothy chapter 4 verses 7 and 8. 1st Timothy chapter 4 verses 7 and 8. But have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, for bodily discipline is, is of only a little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds promises for the present life and also for the life to come. The second scripture is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 26 and 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verses 26 and 27. It says, therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So that was 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 26 and 27 and 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses seven, and eight. Amen. And we've been talking about the spiritual discipline of prayer. And we've been talking about 10 keys to powerful prayer. We are on key four, which is focus on others. And we've been talking about how when we pray, it's important that we pray for our needs and the things that we are seeking and wanting and desiring, but also we need to focus on praying for others. It's so important as we live and as we look at our world today, that people need prayer. We need to be praying for one another. We all need prayer. I need prayer. You need prayer. Each one of us need to pray for one another. And it's so important that we continually pray for each other. And that's what it's about, focusing on others. And praying for others. And we've been talking about intercession and agreement. Intercession and agreement. And last week, we were, last time, we started talking about standing in the gap. Standing in the gap. And we talked about, the author talked about how, and I'm referencing the book by Joyce Myers called The Power of Simple Prayer. And she talked about how Joyce Myers, who is a, she goes around the world and she speaks to many different people. And she talked about how she went to one of the countries and there was a language gap. And so she needed somebody to stand in the gap to be able to translate what she was saying so that the people who didn't speak English could understand what she was saying and could receive the message that God desired to release to them. And so when we're talking about standing in the gap, that's what we're talking about. We're talking, God desires that we stand in the gap and pray for other people when they can't even speak, when they can't get a word out, standing in the gap, praying for one another. And we talked about the story about Ezekiel 20, chapter 22, verses 29 through 31 which talked about a land that was filled with oppression and um, robbery and so many things that were going on in that land. And God was looking for just one person, just one person who would stand in the gap and pray. And did you think, and our story told us that God could not find one. If one person, God found one person who would just stand in the gap and pray for all the needs and the concerns of that land. That land could have been saved and could have been and it could have been saved. But because no one could be found, the land was destroyed. And the author says, God was basically saying, I needed someone to pray. I needed someone to pray and I couldn't find anybody who would who would. So I had to destroy the land all he needed was one person to pray and the whole land could have been spared and this teaches us that we need to understand the importance of intercession when God lays a person on your heart when God shows you a situation to pray for don't wait don't carry just start praying and ask God to show you what to pray Cause you never know, you might be the one that God will use to make the difference, to shift, to, to do a change by your prayers. That God will move upon to that situation in a mighty way. But if you're not praying, you it, it it could change the whole the whole situation. So it's important. If God lays something on your heart, a person to pray for, the first thing you do is you be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit and you ask the Holy Spirit, what would you have me to pray? What do you want me to pray for this situation? What do you want me to pray for this person? And then you pray what the Holy Spirit leads you to pray. We talked about that last week, that you need to make sure you're praying what the Holy Spirit tells you to pray. Not what sounds right, or not what someone told you to pray, or what, what you've heard, but you pray what the Holy Spirit tells you to pray, how He tells you to pray, and as long as He tells you to pray it. And if He tells you to pray it over a few days, a few months, a few years. You keep praying and praying and praying, interceding for that situation. Amen. Because it's so important that we intercede for one another. And the author says, just one person could have made a major difference in the entire country to save the entire place through prayer. We need to be willing to pray. We need to be sensitive to those times when the Holy Spirit is leading us to intercede and we need to obey. We, need, we never know when our prayer might be the very one needed to fill a gap and result in connecting God's power, understand it's God's power, with a desperate situation. Amen. Amen. So that's what we talked about last week was standing in the gap. And we're going to go to the next part of intercession agreement, talking about God changes his mind. God changes his mind. And I want to reference the story of Ezekiel. Um, I said, I'm going to look at the story of Ezekiel again. It says, from the story in Ezekiel, the intercession is mighty, and that one person's prayer could have saved many others. But do you know that intercession can also change God's mind? So intercession not only will make a difference in standing in the gap, but also can change God's mind God's mind as a result of prayer. God can actually reconsider something He has planned to do. And we're gonna look at the story of Moses and says, Remember this story. The Lord said to Moses, Go down. Go down, for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside, quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed it, and said, These are your gods, O Israel. They brought you out of the land of Egypt. Exodus 7, sorry, Exodus 32, verses 7 and 8 are the reference. Exodus 32, verses 7 and 8. What happened was Moses went up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments and was gone longer than the people wanted him to be. In the absence of their leader, they forgot the Lord, gave in to their fleshly desires, and decided to melt all their jewelry to make a golden calf and worship it. God's Spoke to Moses on the mountain and said, essentially, you better get back down there because the people have really gotten themselves in a mess, and I'm angry about it. And then the um, says, "Thank God." Psalm thirty five, thirty, verse five says that His anger only lasts a moment, but His mercy is for ever. So we see that while Moses was getting the Ten Commandments that God was giving him that the people just they got impatient they started they weren't focusing on the lord and they forgot the lord they forgot the lord they weren't praying they weren't focusing on him and that's what happened we get distracted we get off focus. we can forget the things we're doing and we're not spending that time in prayer like we need to or spending that time in with the Lord and seeking and asking, we can get distracted by worldly things, by fleshly things, and start forgetting what the Lord has told us. We can start; the enemy will start whispering things to us, and we'll start. You get start getting confused and distracted, and and we don't want that to happen. That's why it's so important that we're always in spending time with the Lord, spending time in His presence, and making sure that we are looking to Him for everything. And make sure we keep our focus on the Lord because it's so easy to get your focus off of the Lord. And to get your focus off the Lord, you can easily get distracted and the enemy will get a foothold in and start wreaking havoc in your life. And we do not want that. That's why we have to stay focused on the Lord at all times and continually pray. And so Moses went up to the mountain and, and the people just started going while they would start doing everything they want they just started sacrificing they started doing things they knew that god did not want them to do they knew that this was wrong but they decided that they were they they just gave it they said i'm we're going to do this and they they just they started getting into their fleshly desires that's how easy if we're not if we're not careful it's so easy to give into those fleshly desires if we are not daily asking God to help us to walk according to the Spirit. That's why we have to remember that, as it talked about in Romans, Romans, the struggle between the flesh and the Spirit. If we are not careful, it's so easy to give in to fleshly desires. That's why we have to ask God to help us so we don't give in to those fleshly desires. So they gave in to those fleshly desires and decided to melt all their jewelry to make a golden calf and worship it. And what and God was not pleased. God was angry. God was angry with the people. So he let Moses know what was going on. So the story continues. And the Lord said to Moses, I've seen this this people, and behold, it's a stiff necked people. Now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, and that I may destroy them, but I will make of you a great nation. And that scripture reference is Exodus thirty-two nine through ten. Exodus thirty-two nine verse nine and ten. So uh, God wanted to destroy the people. He wanted to He wanted to put His wrath on them for what they were doing. He was angry. God was angry with the people, but He wanted to make Moses, He wanted to make a, Moses a great nation. So Moses. Could have said, yeah, they're just bad people. Just do what you have to do. But Moses cared about the people. Moses cared about them, and he he said, "This is a good thing." Moses was a godly man, or he might have said, "Terrific idea, God. Forget about them and do something great with me instead." Moses began instead. Moses began to intercede for the people because he cared so much about them. The Bible says Moses besought the Lord his God. Exodus thirty two eleven. That means he would not leave God alone. But God had already said, Leave me alone, don't come praying because if you do, I'm gonna to have to hear you. But Moses persisted. Lord, why don't you wrath why don't your wrath blaze hot against your people whom you have brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power? and a mighty hand. Exodus thirty two eleven. Moses refused to give up because the issue was not settled in his heart. He loved the people. He knew the nature of God and he knew the character of God. On top of that, he knew that God really loved the people and did not really want to leave them stranded. So we see that Moses continued to pray. He was persistent and he cared about the people, and what happened was it changed the, God's mind. He Instead, he did not uh, bring wrath to the people, as we learned. So how did Moses approach this situation as he prayed and talked to God about it? He actually asked him to change his mind, Exodus thirty two twelve, and basically said, now come on, God, you don't want your reputation to be ruined among the Egyptians. You don't want them to say that you aren't able to deliver your people. You don't want them to think you, think you, just think you just let your people suffer and die out in the wilderness. Come on, God, this is not about us. This is about you. I'm just asking you, God, to deliver them, not for themselves because they are really rascals, but for the sake of your name. I really don't want your reputation to be affected by all this. So God, why don't you just go ahead and deliver them so that everyone knows you are great. And that's Exodus 32:12 and 13. The Bible says God changed his mind. Exodus 32:14 actually reads, then the Lord turned from the evil which he had thought to do to his people. That's part of this of the purpose and the power of intercession. We can make a difference when we pray. So we see that because Moses was praying, he was persistent, and he cared about the people, and he came to God, and he was persistent in his prayers, God changed his mind, he did not destroy the people. He did not destroy the people. To God be the glory. So we can see that intercession makes a difference, and it's so important that we pray. And even in our own lives, we can pray and ask God, we can say, and we can come to God and be persistent in prayer and speak to him and know that God, that God can change his mind just as the story tells us, but we have to know that intercession and can make a difference and we can make a difference when we pray. Amen. Inter- then the next part is intercession makes a difference. Throughout this book, I hope you have learned from various stories and examples how much power there is in prayer and what a great difference prayer makes in people's lives when we pray for them. And so it's in- it's important. It's important to understand the power of prayer and how prayer can make a difference in the lives of those that we are interceding for. We need to pray for one another. And it's so important that we pray. We stand in the gap that we intercede for one another. And when God places a name or a situation on your heart, listen to that stirring, listen to that, what God is saying, and pray. Pray for that person. From this point on, listen to the sensitivity Listen as the Holy Spirit, puts people in your spirit to pray for. Pray for them and lift them up to God and ask God what He would have you to pray. And know that your prayers are making your prayers make a difference. When God gives you gives you the word to say, make sure you're praying as the Holy Spirit leads and guides you to pray. And so the author and the author talks about a situation she had where she was praying, desiring something for her life, her personal life. And the good friend and intercessor called her and, and God had put her name on their in on their on her on their heart and had called her and said, I want to pray for you and had said it was not something to do with ministry, but it was something personal. So Joyce told him what it was, he interceded and then as he, when he interceded, she started to, things started to change in that situation. And we see that's the power of prayer. And whatever your situation is, believe that God can and that he will answer your prayers. We've got to intercede. We've got to intercede for one another. And the next part I'm going to talk about is called a burden to pray, a burden to pray. Sometimes as you are praying for others, you will get what is called a burden or a prayer burden or an intercessory burden. A burden is something that comes to your heart and feels weighty and important. It is something you cannot shape, something you do not even know what the burden is. So this burden is something that it presses on your spirit. It's something that you just can't let go of. It's nothing Nothing that you try to do can relieve the burden until you do what God is telling you to do, which is to pray. And God puts this on our heart because he's telling us, I need you to do this. I need you to pray. I need you to pray for this person. I need you to pray for this situation. So if you feel that feeling, if you feel something on your weighing on you, pressing on you, telling you, I need you to do this, and ask God for discernment, ask God for revelation, ask God to show you what he wants you to do. If it's a a prayer burden, ask God to show you who it is to pray for, and you start praying for that person. And you start praying until God releases you and tells you to stop praying. And then when when you'll know that that God has told you to release you from stop praying for that person, when that burden is lifted off of you. Amen. And she continues to say, sometimes you do not even know what the burden is, or you do not fully understand it. You only know that you are. You have to pray. So you know it's something you have to pray for, and you know that you can't shake it. It won't leave until you do what God is telling you to do. And the author just gives us an example. She says, I had a prayer burden not long ago. I was trying to watch something on television, a program. I really wanted to watch, but I had a hard time concentrating on the show and just felt weepy. I could not figure out what was wrong with me, but my inside seemed to be saying, ugh. So I turned off the television, lay face down on the floor, and started to pray, and weep before the Lord. Suddenly, a young lady came to my mind. I knew that she was going through a rough time. For about 15 minutes, I prayed and interceded and cried and prayed for her. Once I did that, after I prayed through it, the burden lifted. I got back up, watched my movie, and everything was fine. And I believe we all have had situations and circumstances in our life where God has laid a burden on our heart, has laid someone in our heart to pray for. I know I have. It's so like God laid someone or a situation on my heart, and I cannot let it go until I do what God is telling me to do, to pray. And it's, it sits there. It's like a weight. When I say a burden to pray, it's like a weight that sits on your chest. And it's like it won't, you can't lift it. Nothing you do can release it until you pray. Until you start praying, you start feeling the burden being lifted off because you're doing what God is telling you to do. It's like you're carrying someone else's burden because God wants you to intercede for that person. And, you know, you may start feeling things and experiencing things, crying, pain, or feeling things that you, something you weren't even feeling a minute ago. But know that it's not always you. So don't think you, if you're feeling sick or you're feeling nauseated or if you're feeling soreness in your muscles or you're feeling a headache or if you're feeling fatigue don't think it's just you. It may be something, a burden God is laying on your spirit for somebody who else to be experiencing that. So ask God to give you discernment to show you the person who he wants you to pray for and to show you that burden that may be experienced start praying. And as you start praying, and, and as you start praying as the Holy Spirit leads you to pray, you'll start feeling that burden being lifted. The headache and the symptoms will all start going away because you you're carrying that because God wants you to pray for that person. My God, think about that. You're interceding for another person. God wants you to, be, ha, to feel that their burden, what they're experiencing, so you can pray what God wants you to pray for them. And as you pray, the burden will be lifted off of you. Hallelujah. Just thank God that he chooses each one of us and put people in our lives, people in our hearts to pray for because he knows that he wants us to intercede for them. Thank God for the privilege and the honor to be able to intercede and pray for one another. Amen. So when burdens come on your spirit, don't just don't think it may, it may not be something you're experiencing, because it, it comes on like right away, and it's something you weren't experiencing a minute ago. It, it may be a burden that God is laying on your heart to pray for. So you need to ask God for discernment. And ask God to give you revelation on where it's coming from first and foremost. And then, if it's somebody God wants you to pray for, you pray and ask God to help show you what to pray according as the Holy Spirit leads and guides you. Amen. I'm going to talk a little more about the burden of prayer, then we'll finish more about this next week. So it says, let me share something about the prayer burden. You cannot make it up. You cannot fake it. But if you try to ignore a prayer burden, you will not be able to find relief. So when God puts a burden on your heart, know it is real. It's coming from the Lord. And if he puts a prayer burden, you will not be able to find relief. As we talked about, nothing you do will be able to, you won't be able to find relief from it until you pray and do what God tells you to do. If you have never experienced anything like what happened, as the author says, happened to her, you will, and you do find yourself with a prayer burden at some point, do not start wondering if something is wrong with you. Nothing is wrong with you. If you start feeling this burden you start feeling this weight on you, you start feeling this that something that God's telling you to pray for somebody and you can't and nothing shapes it you know that nothing is wrong with you it's God placing that burden on your heart because he wants you to pray he wants you to pray and you need to just pray and ask God how he would have you to pray for that situation or for that person so know that nothing is wrong with you God does not give me burdens like that. She says, God does not give her burdens like that often. Most of my prayers are just simple, normal, ordinary prayers. On the other hand, some people seem to get a prayer burden every time they close their eyes. And so sometimes they happen, sometimes God will place a prayer burden on your heart every once in a while, or sometimes he'll place it on there. Often, some people get prayer burdens While they're sleeping at night, or wake them up in the middle of the night. Sometimes people get prayer burns throughout the day. God will show show them and reveal to them people they need to pray for. So if God, know that God is telling you and and wants you to be praying. If He places a burden on your heart, pray for that person. Pray for them. Because that's what God wants you to do, to be praying. Amen. And so I want to encourage you to know that prayer it's so important. We need to intercede for one another. We need to be interceding for one another. And and in this time and in this season, it's so important that we be praying for one another. Encourage each other. Encourage each other in the Lord and continue to lift each other up in prayer. If God puts someone on your heart to pray for, don't ignore it. Don't Don't think it's just something to put on the side. If God is placing something on your heart, a situation, a name, ask God how he would have you to pray for it and pray right then and there because God has a purpose and a plan, and he wants you to intercede for that person. He wants you to stand in the gap and also to know that when we pray that God can change his mind, as we learned in the story of Moses tonight, I pray that this teaching has encouraged you, and that you are will take what we've talked about tonight and apply it, apply it because I le- prayer changes all things, and we need to pray. God has a prayer assignment to people he wants us to intercede for for each one of us, each one of us, God has a prayer. A person he has wants us to intercede for people in our lives. Things he wants us to be praying for, and what we need to be doing is praying and doing what God tells us to pray and who He wants to pray for and who He wants us to pray for. And pray as long as God tells you to pray, and and pray what the Holy Spirit tells you to pray. That's I want to emphasize: is pray what the Holy Spirit prays. I mean, pray what the Holy Spirit tells you to pray, because when you pray what the Holy Spirit tells you to pray. It's going to be effective. It's going to move. It's going to change. It's going to shift things. But you got to pray what the Holy Spirit tells you to pray. So I want to just encourage each of you to pray, the team to pray. And I'm going, we're going to stop there tonight. We'll continue talking about the burden, a burden to pray some more next week. But I pray this teaching has encouraged you and I pray that you will apply it to your lives. But let us pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come in the thanking and praising you for this time. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord God, for the honor and the privilege that we can come and pray, Lord, and lift up our request to you, Heavenly Father. Now we ask you in the name of Jesus that you would Lord, that you would minister to each one of us, God, that we would take this message and apply it to our lives, God. We thank you, Lord, God, and we praise you, Heavenly Father, that prayer changes all things, Heavenly Father. And we thank you tonight, God, that you're making us more sensitive to your to the leading of your Holy Spirit as you show us and reveal to us people that you would have us to pray for. We thank you tonight, Heavenly Father, that you are placing people on our hearts to pray for, burdens to pray for, Lord God, and we thank you that we will pray what you tell us to pray, Holy Spirit. So we ask you tonight, God, to open the hearts and the minds of your people, God, that they'll hear what you desire for them to pray, Lord God, and they'll be sensitive. To your leading, God, we ask for discernment tonight, God. We ask for revelation, God. We ask for you, Lord, God, to have first place in every area of our lives, God. That we'll stay focused on you, Heavenly Father, so that we'll be able to be sensitive and know what we need to pray for and when we need to pray and be sensitive to your leading, Heavenly Father. So we ask you to remove distractions, remove that would hinder or block us from focusing on you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, and we praise you right now. Our focus is centered and stayed on doing your work and interceding, God, for your people, God. We thank you, and we praise you, God, for every prayer assignment that you've placed upon us, God. And we just thank you, that you and praise your holy name, God. We ask you to use every person on this line. Bless them, Lord. Continue to keep them and continue to minister to them even right now. Meet them right where they are, Lord. God, and we thank you and we praise you, Heavenly Father. Their prayers are being answered. You're meeting their needs, God, and we Thank you, Holy Spirit, God, that you even have intercessors, that you have put put intercessors for them that that are interceding for them. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you're doing right now in the name of Jesus. Continue to bless them, continue to keep them, and continue to use them for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen and amen. Again, I thank God for each one of you. I thank you for joining E3 Ministries where we come together every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I pray you'll join E3 Ministries back next Sunday at 7 p.m. We'll continue talking about intercession and agreement. But this is so important. Prayer is so important. And it's so important that we're praying for one another because there's so much going on in our world today. We need to be praying for each other. We need to be praying for each other. Pray. I want encourage you to pray. If God places someone on your heart, pray for them. Don't carry. Don't wait. Pray. Keep praying for all the needs and concerns. Knowing your prayers change things. Knowing prayer changes things. And God hears your prayers. Ask God how to pray for those things. Ask God to show you. But pray. Spend more and more time in prayer with the Lord. Seeking him is so important. It's so critical. People need prayer. People are hurting. People are suffering. But we know that when we pray, God hears that he can do all things. God can change and God can move and God can do miraculous things. But we have to keep praying. Keep praying. And keep believing and knowing that God hears He answers every one of our prayers. Again, I thank God for each one of you. My name is Reverend Tamika Brown, and I'm just uh, thankful for all that God is doing in your life. And until next Sunday, I pray you'll join E3 Ministries back. Have a blessed week, and may God continue to bless you. God bless each one of you, and amen.